This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, July 18th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downley. Here's today's headlines. Almond industry still optimistic. Soil health wonks unite. SGMA plans approved and trade aid rates could be out next week. Blue Diamond optimistic despite lower almond estimate. At a market update yesterday, Blue Diamond said it expected to see almond prices drop, that due to the recent lower yield estimate from the USDA's National Ag Statistics Service. The NAS July 3rd update predicts 2.2 billion pounds, down from an estimate as high as 2.6 billion. The discrepancy between the NAS number and an earlier industry estimate came as a big surprise to the industry and is the largest we've seen, said Blue Diamond Vice President of International Sales Warren Cohen. Cohen said the Almond Board will provide more accurate assessment in November or December and added the industry is healthy with strong continuing global demand. California exports this year are down 31% for Turkey and 26% for China. Yet the Australian supply is now depleted, and it is believed that China will again buy from California in the fall, that according to the report. California boasts of achievements at Soil Health Conference. At the annual meeting of the Soil Health Institute in Sacramento yesterday, California Food and Ag Secretary Karen Ross touted the state's work in Climate Smart Program, stretching back to the start of the Dairy Digester Program nine years ago. That suite of programs has gained more than $500 million in cap-and-trade funding over years, she told the audience, which featured some of the world's leading researchers in sustainable agriculture. Ross's Climate Smart Policy team has also led delegations to the Netherlands, Israel, Australia, Chile, and next month to South Africa. She said healthy soils benefit the noble cause of international food security and the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Ross compared healthy soils to the first emissions to the moon with how they have created a unity of purpose in those who are passionate about it. She added, this is the time for us to bring it all together. On the topic of rangelands, wildlife ecologist Libby Porzig pointed out that 80% of the surface water in California is captured by or flows through these areas. She said these systems are, quote, very threatened in California by both urban development and by climate change. Her group, Blue Point Conservation Science, began a monitoring network to document soil health and biodiversity. She said, Our theory of change is that this effort in collecting data is a really important part of the adaptive management process. DWR approves nine alternatives to groundwater sustainability plans, rejects six. The Sustainable Groundwater Management Act requires local agencies to submit plans for coming into compliance by 2040. It also allows alternatives, which could be an existing plan, or a 10-year projection that shows no harmful effects, such as subsidence, saltwater inclusion, or degraded water quality. Yesterday, the Department of Water Resources approved seven existing plans and two with 10-year analyses. The approvals covered the basins of the Santa Clara, the Salinas, and Coquitella Valleys. The six rejections were mostly for flawed analysis. They include basins in the regions of Napa, Clear Lake, and the Sacramento Valley. Optimism bills for a Japan ag deal. There's a lot of work yet to be done and a draft deal is still not prepared, 
but optimism is growing in the Trump administration for a deal to lift Japanese tariffs on U.S. commodities like wheat and dairy and increase quotas for rice. Negotiations were put on hold until Japan holds elections this Sunday, but the talks are expected to resume shortly afterwards, U.S. government official tells AgriPulse. The election is for Japan's upper house of its legislature, called the House of Counselors. The U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer told the Senate Finance Committee in June he hopes to get an agreement on agricultural trade, quote, in the next few months before the two countries move on to a full free trade agreement. Dems demand specifics from USTR. Several House Democrats who are meeting weekly with Lighthizer say they're making progress toward a deal to ratify the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. But these Democrats say they don't have the detailed fixes yet that they need from Lighthizer. Lighthizer is showing a willingness to make changes to USMCA, but much of a meeting yesterday was spent trying to get specific proposals from USTR on the table. That according to House Ways and Means Chairman Richard Neal. He said, we're trying to get a greater specificity for our request, Neal said after the meeting. He later issued a statement saying that Democrats have, quote, now laid out comprehensive concerns and constructive proposals in three of the four issue areas and its negotiating mandate, that access to medicines, labor, and the environment. He said, we look forward to similarly comprehensive and constructive responses from Ambassador Lighthizer. U.S. Department of Agriculture gearing up for MFP payment rate announcement. Farmers could learn as soon as next week what USDA payment rates are going to be for the next round of the market facilitation program. That's the Trump administration's main trade assistance initiative. USDA announced in May that the payments would be based on county-by-county county rates and not by commodity, but has yet to release those rates. I would anticipate something after, probably shortly after, the acreage reporting deadline. That would have more specifics, that Farm Service Agency Administrator Richard Fordyce speaking with AgriPulse. Most farmers had to report their certified crop acres for FSA this past Monday, but the Department of Agriculture did extend the reporting deadline until next Monday for states most affected by flooding and heavy rain. USDA's Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation, Bill Northey, has told AgriPulse that payments could go out by mid-August. Now keep in mind, we're also waiting to hear the payment rates for the prevent plant provisions in the disaster bill Congress passed last month. The bill authorizes USDA to cover up to 90% of a crop's value for insured farmers and up to 70% for those without insurance. But House Agriculture Chairman Colin Peterson of Minnesota told AgriPulse he expects the payments to be very small since USDA only has $3 billion available to cover all of the disaster payments the bill authorized. Here's today's She Said It. I'd just like to see disruption, disruption in partnerships, disruption in the way we disseminate information, disruption in how we engage with farmers, disruption in just how we work together. That Lakeisha Odom, a scientific program director for the Foundation of Food and Agriculture Research. She was speaking on the next frontiers of research at the Soil Health Institute annual meeting yesterday. <laughs> Here's today's She Said It. I'd just like to see disruption, disruption in partnerships, disruption in the way we disseminate information, disruption in how we engage with farmers, disruption in just how we work together. 
That Lakeisha Odom, a scientific program director for the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research. Odom was speaking on the next frontiers of research at the Soil Health Institute annual meeting yesterday. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, July 18th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nally.